You're listening to the Sabrina Phillip podcast. In this episode, I give you a minute by minute breakdown of what I do with my millionaire mastermind clients on a virtual retreat. We'll see how I structure my retreats, what sessions I lead, how I make sure my retreats flow and get results and tips on how to run better retreats in your own business. Keep listening. You're listening to the Sabrina Phillip podcast. In this show, online business coach and self-made millionaire Sabrina Phillip shows you how to do entrepreneurship your way. She moved to Bali with $800 in her bank account and just one year later had scaled her business to seven figures. Sabrina has been featured in Forbes, Business Insider, Goldcast, and Cosmopolitan. Using her signature intentional, manageable, profitable framework, Sabrina helps women make millions online. Currently traveling the world, tune in each week as she reveals the best tips, tricks, and strategies for creating the intentional life and business of your dreams. Here's your host, Sabrina Phillips. Welcome back to the podcast. Yesterday, I wrapped up a two-day virtual retreat for my Millionaire Mastermind, and the women inside there are six and multiple six-figure business owners who are scaling to seven figures and beyond. So I host three retreats a year for them, and we dig deep and create game plans, and I teach them the latest marketing strategies, and we get to connect as a community. So as you may know, which I've shared in previous episodes, I have multiple different pods inside of my masterminds. And those are small groups by income level and also by time zone. So that way, you know, for example, people in Australia can have a call time at let's say 7 p.m. their time and not 1 a.m. their time. So I am really mindful of putting together in small groups, people who are, you know, first and foremost, time zone appropriate, but also just at the same or similar income level so that people who are at 10K months can get the support that they need as they're really starting to grow. But then the people at 50K months can get more specific strategies and information as they're really scaling. And those conversations are always relevant. So I really like meeting with my clients in pods because then the groups are smaller and I can have those really relevant conversations with everyone. It also eliminates that objection of, I'm really interested in joining your program, but I'm in Australia or I'm in in New Zealand or I'm in Belgium. Will the times work for me? So I also have it for that reason. Um, But I just wrapped up the virtual retreat and I loved that so much. And one of the reasons why it is so special to me is because that is when we all come together. So for the virtual retreats, they happen three times a year. And everyone all together is on the virtual retreats every other time for the coaching calls with me, which happen three times a month, they're in their pod. And then for the retreats, we all come together. So in today's episode, what I'm going to do is a little bit different. I'm going to run you through my detailed virtual retreat outline, and I'm going to tell you exactly what happened on the retreat so that you can listen into these high-level conversations, but also so you can understand how I structure my retreats. I've been doing these for years, 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 live, in-person, also virtual, so these tips are tried and true. I hope that this is really interesting for you, and I hope that if you are thinking about hosting your own retreats, virtual or in-person, that this is helpful for you just to kind of see how I structure my retreats. And I'll explain to you why they flow in the way that they do, because what you're going to see is that it really builds on each other. And I'm also just going to give you some little tips to make it more manageable for yourself. So let's dive in. So the first thing is whenever I'm planning a virtual retreat, I will take some time to go through my meeting notes because I take notes of all of my um, client calls just so I can see 
first of all, do I need to hold someone accountable to something? So let's say someone said, I'm going to launch my sales page next week. I can put it into my notes, check in with this person. Did they launch their sales page? But also I like to, you know, kind of have that so I can see what are the themes or patterns that my clients are struggling with. So for example, I've noticed a lot of questions lately about the sales cycle taking longer where people are feeling like because cost of living is going up because there's more economic uncertainty that people who are selling starter programs or beginner programs or non-business programs are feeling like it's taking a little bit longer to get the sale. You know, I always notice a lot of mindset questions and that is not something that I feel like ever goes away or a lot of questions about sales calls or selling in the DMs or whatever. So I make sure to go through my meeting notes, but I also go through my Slack channel and I just kind of see what are the trends? What am I kind of feeling about the energy of the group? That's very universal to everyone. And what's what are the themes that I want to take into my mastermind retreat? So I kind of write that out and I first start with, okay, what is going to be the overarching theme of each day? So for day one of this retreat, I did the bigger vision and the path to consistent cash, which I didn't episode recently on four reasons why you're not making consistent cash in your business. So I would definitely check that one out. Um, So the day one themes were the bigger vision, creating a bigger vision and consistent cash. So really grounding in the energy and the strategy of consistent cash. Day two, we did something called 10 minute tactics, which I'll explain what that is once I get to day two. And then we also did sprint planning. Now on the day two of my retreats, I always have mindset baked in to wrap up the retreat. And I'm going to explain the exercises that I did, everything that went into the retreat. So I am going to just take you through this day by day and kind of minute by minute. So I have previously done my virtual retreats as five hours each day. And I would have a meal break baked into those. So there would maybe be, let's say, a 30-minute meal break or a 45-minute meal break. But because we are trying to make it work with everyone all around the world in all the time zones, I decided last year to cut that down to four hours. And so I removed the longer meal break. The coaching time stayed the same. It's just that the breaks got shorter. So I am going to kind of walk you through what happens in each of those four hours. So it's eight hours total. And each day there are two 15-minute breaks. So there are seven hours of coaching time across the two days that happens. So I'm going to read this to you in UK time zone, which is what it was for me. But the retreat happened at 11 a.m. Eastern to 3 p.m. Eastern each day. So the first thing I did for the first 10 minutes, because I'm very – very regimented about the schedule. I remember my mom, she was a yoga teacher just on the side. She had a, she had a corporate job, but she was a yoga teacher. And she used to tell me like how important it was to end her yoga classes on time because she's like, people have jobs, people have things after. So you have to end on time. And that was a lesson that I feel like has really stuck with me. So my retreats run on time, like a ship. The only thing you can't really plan for is people always trickle in late. So I bake that into my schedule. So for the first 10 to 15 minutes of each day, it's always just a welcome and a recap of the previous day if it's day two and some icebreakers. So a tool that I utilize a lot in my virtual retreats is Zoom breakout rooms, which is where you can either let people choose what room they want to go to, assign them randomly, or assign them manually, like you place people into the room you want them into. 
So everyone comes, everyone came. I said hello to everyone. I walked them through the schedule and then I opened breakout rooms and people went and they kind of shared, oh, like what's your summer fun plan or, you know, what what's a good book you've read lately, stuff like that. So we do that. And then people came back to the main room, the main session. And for about 15 minutes, we did some intention setting journaling. And so I asked everyone three questions, which is, what is the energy that you want to bring to the retreat? So maybe people wanted to bring open-mindedness or they wanted to bring vulnerability or they wanted to bring like a, a stretcher energy, right? Like they wanted to challenge and stretch their fellow mastermind members to kind of go for more. So I had everyone kind of set an intention of, you know, what's the energy that you want to bring to the retreat? Then I asked everyone to journal on what is the energy that you want to receive from the retreat? So I think a lot of people, the theme that I noticed was they wanted to feel expanded and activated. And, you know, if someone was feeling like they were in a mindset slump or a mindset funk, like they wanted to move through that. I remember someone said that they wanted to be seen and I really loved that one. Um, But for me, that question is really helpful to ask at the beginning of the retreat, because then I can keep that in mind if there's something that seems to be a thread or if there is something that feels really important for me to touch on that I know that up front so that I can bake that into the retreat because the worst thing is when the retreat happens and then someone shares feedback after because if they share it after you can't do anything about it um so that's that was the second question I asked what's the energy you want to receive and then finally I asked them to journal on what is the energy that you want to take with you from this retreat like what's the intention what's the what's the movement that you're taking with you so some people said you know, I want to take confidence with me, or I want to take stability with me, or I want to take faith in myself with me. So we set with that, we start with that intention setting just to really set the tone of the retreat, but also so that I can get that information as well. And I can know where my people are at and what they need. So as I said, the themes for the first day were creating a bigger vision and also consistent cash. So what we then did at 425, so for about 35 minutes, we've done 10 minutes of welcome and icebreakers, 15 minutes of intention setting, journaling, and sharing that with everyone. And then 25 minute, the next 25 minute session was the big vision. And so what I did here was I had a kind of larger mindset conversation with my clients where I shared that I felt like a lot of people were doing really well, but I also felt like they were playing small. So I have this one client who comes to mind. She actually came to my in-person event in Tampa as well. And she is doing so well. I mean, like 50K cash months, 60K cash months. She had shared with me she wants to have 100K cash month. And, you know, I asked her, you know, what's your vision? And I think she said something like a million dollars or $2 million. And I said $10 million, right? Because I think that we need something big and huge and epic and amazing to aim for. Because I can just speak from my own experience, like I hit a million dollars five years ago, right? Seven figures five years ago. So there comes a point where you're like, oh, I did it. And if you don't have anything bigger, you're just going to stop. So the vision has to keep growing. I think the big thing, though, I would say there is you have to reset your relationship with that because some people will think, oh, like now I'm at 10K months, but I want to be at 50K months, but I feel really bad because I'm not at 50K months. And it's like, okay, but your goal used to be 10K months and then you hit that. So you got what you wanted, right? So it's not about feeling like you're never there 
or like you're always missing something, but it's just about seeing that space between where you are and where you're going as an opportunity to grow and as an opportunity to have fun and experience things. So that's just kind of some of the context that I shared with my clients when we did this exercise was just really getting super juicy and like journaling. First, I had them journal on like, what is this big vision? Like, tell me what car you're driving. Tell me how much money you're making. Tell me what a day in your life looks like. Tell me like, what stages are you speaking on? Like getting super, super juicy with that big vision. And then I had them turn that into a vision board on Pinterest and then share that in breakout rooms. So this was just a really fun, high vibe way to set the tone for the retreat. But also the reason why I started with this is because I needed to stretch their possibilities. I needed them to have a bigger vision so that as we then went into the more strategic business side of the retreat, they had their mindset already there. Their mindset was already at, this is possible for me. And because their mindset was there, it really informed and shaped the choices that they made during the rest of the retreat. Because if they were going for, let's say, a $2 million year instead of a $800,000 year, the things that they focus on in their business are going to be different. So it was important for me to start that way. So if you are doing a retreat, I think always have mindset at the beginning and at the end. One, I think people will just feel a lot better about the retreat. People tend to remember, you know, the beginning and the end, but not the middle, but also it's going to give them some more confidence as they move into the business exercises. So we started with the the big vision at that point, it had been an hour. So we, as I said, do 30 minutes worth of breaks. So there are two 15 minute breaks. And so something I did this time was I called them sales breaks. So we had a 15 minute sales break at 5 PM UK, my time. And what I encouraged them to do was to go sell something. So that might mean doing a live stream or posting Instagram stories or getting in the DMS or sending an email because I wanted them to get paid on the retreat. I wanted them to feel that the energy of the retreat was kind of pushing them, motivating them to go sell and go make money to go sell and go make money. So we did a 15 minute sales break And then when we came back, we had our next session. So we had four sessions on day one. So the second session was a red, yellow, green business assessment. And so after we kind of have that big vision, what I then wanted them to do was to figure out, okay, looking at my business objectively, what needs to change so that I can fulfill that big vision? So what I did was I took my intentional, manageable, profitable framework And this is something I do with my clients a lot, but I have nine core areas under that. So under intentional, there are three core areas under manageable. There are three core areas under profitable. There are three core areas. And the reason why this is so important is because it helps clients understand what's working and what's not. So I took them through these nine areas under my framework And they basically had to label each one as red, yellow, or green. So red is this is trash. This doesn't exist. This is literally the worst fire, fire, emergency. Yellow is this exists. It's okay. It's fine, but it needs to improve. And green is this area of my business is perfect. Awesome. Smooth sailing. Love it. So they went through each of them and they decided, is this a red, a yellow, or a green? And I asked everyone to share in breakout rooms, you know, like, did you have a lot of yellow? Did you have a lot of red? Did you have a lot of green? How did you feel about it? And everyone then needed to decide the three top areas that they wanted to focus on. So let's say 
um, they had three areas. And just as an example, um, those three areas might have been um, funnels. It might have been team and CEO mindset. And then they would have to go ahead and select one that they wanted help with. And so what people then did is we moved into breakout rooms, which I'm pretty sure for that one, it was with their pods. Um, but it might not have been, I'm not sure, but they went into small breakout rooms of maybe three or four people. And they said, what, what was the one area that they most wanted help with? So let's say the area that they most wanted help with was their funnels. And they said, they, everyone I think had maybe like 10 minutes, let's say nine minutes. They would basically just go ahead and say, like something I want to work on, something I want to improve is my funnels. Right now it's a red for me. It literally doesn't even exist. I need to decide which funnel should I go ahead and start with. They might share some context of their business. And then everyone has to respond and give them feedback and share because this is also, I think, really important for retreats is that people need to know that they're an expert too, especially if they're in a mastermind, right? You can learn from everyone. So building in that culture. And what I would then do is I would kind of bop in between the different small breakout rooms and I would help and offer support and offer questions. And I always make sure to go to every single breakout room during those sessions. And so that was the first thing that we did is they did that red, yellow, green business assessment. They identified the three areas that they most wanted to focus on improving for the rest of the year. And they picked one that they most wanted help on And then they got feedback on that in the breakout rooms. And so something that I always ask my clients to do is when they're in breakout rooms and when they're getting feedback, write out what is the action step. So for the person who maybe was asking for help on funnels saying, I don't know what to do, maybe the decision that they make is the first funnel I'm going to create is a webinar funnel. My action step is one, I'm going to ask about this on the next pod call with Sabs. Two, I'm going to set up a ClickFunnels account. Three, I'm going to go see what resources Sabrina has about this inside of the course hub. So always asking clients to write down action steps. And I think that's really important for retreats or for events is sometimes people go and they feel like that was great. That was so fun, but I don't really know what to do next. Or like, I don't really have a plan. So I always, I heard someone say that about an event that they had gone to. And I was like, that is the last thing I want to happen at my retreats. So I've just always been very specific about action steps and next steps and game plans. So I have the clients write that out. So that red, yellow, green business assessment was about an hour. So we maybe spent 20 minutes all together as a group chatting about it. And I helped, you know, take clients through that business assessment. I maybe do that with them twice a year. And then I helped them identify, you know, the top three that they wanted to focus on and then the one that they wanted to ask for help in breakout rooms. And that is also a tip I would share is sometimes people get into breakout rooms and they don't know what to do or they don't know what to ask or they haven't decided. Maybe you've given them an assignment like go ask this question, but they haven't decided what question they're going to ask. So just working on that and making sure like, hey, does everyone know what they're going to share in the breakout rooms. And if anyone is stuck, just addressing that before the breakout room so that that process is really smooth. So that happened for about an hour. Then at that point, I wanted to move into kind of the second half of the day, which was consistent cash. So we've done intention setting journaling. We've done the big vision. We've done a red, yellow, green business assessment. So people are feeling really good. People know what they need to change in their business. They now have a project that they can go work on. Now it's like, okay, how can we go ahead and stabilize and integrate and own 
consistent cash in our business. And I wanted to address this from two different sides. I wanted to address this from the energy and the mindset of consistent cash, but then I also wanted to address that from the strategy of consistent cash. So I did a 30 minute session on the energy of consistent cash where I walked them through three mindset phrases around that and just kind of got gut checks from everyone on how they were feeling about that and kind of helped them really lock into the energy of consistent cash and feeling like that was possible and feeling like they could get behind that because I feel like a lot of clients who are at let's say six figure months or six figure years, multiple six figure years, they're really comfortable with a big month, but sometimes it's less like every month is a big month. And that's a big, big focus of my mastermind. But I think sometimes people can still resist that a little bit just because they've been taught, you know, to prioritize painfuls and to prioritize like the big win. So what I wanted to kind of reframe for my clients was you don't like have to choose between the big wins and consistent cash. Like you can get paid every day and that's just how it is. And like that gets to become your new normal. So once I felt really confident that everyone was there and they believed that and they felt that we did another 15 minute sales break. So at this point they're really on a high, right? Like they've done the intention setting journaling. They've done the vision board work. Like they're feeling like I get paid every day. Like consistent cash is my thing. Okay, great. 15 minute sales break, go sell something. And so at this point, this is now the second sales break they've had that day. And when they come back, there's an hour left in the retreat. So now that we've addressed the energy of consistent cash, then I wanted to talk about the strategy of consistent cash. So I shared with them four strategies to make that happen over a 45 minute session. And then we wrapped up the day with a recap and we voted on 10 minute tactics. So 10 minute tactics, I'm going to explain that because that's kind of the first thing we do in day two. 10 minute tactics is something that I saw at another, um, virtual event that I attended and I thought it was so smart and so great. And I've been using it in my events now for a couple of years. And what it basically is, is you have members say what is something that they're really good at that they can teach on for 10 minutes. And you put it all into a Slack channel or into a voting board and people upvote what they want to watch. And then you have those speakers present at the event. So I had everyone kind of drop their talks and people voted at the end of day one. And then I went ahead and took those speakers and got them ready for day two. So that was day one. So again, the theme was the bigger vision and the path to consistent cash, both the energy and the strategy of that. The big thing for me that I felt like was really important that day was the red, yellow, green business assessment. But I also think that it was just really great because since it's based on my framework, I feel like I'm reselling my clients and remarketing to my clients the value of my framework and my way of doing things. Because you've probably heard me say this, if you sell someone on your process, you sell someone on your product. So that was really key for me. But it was really, I think, just about stretching people, helping them see the opportunity gaps in their business, and then also more of that focus and emphasis on consistent cash and recurring revenue and evergreen and scaling. Now, the second day, day two, let's go ahead and dive into that. We now have our 10-minute tactics and sprint planning are the two big themes of the day. So basically like speed and movement, like we've got the big vision, now let's go make it happen was the theme for day two. So I will walk you through, again, just minute by minute what happened and kind of explain these conversations. So it happened again at 4 p.m. UK, 11 a.m. Eastern, and we did a 15-minute recap of the day before, some 
breakout room kind of icebreaker exercises and just getting ready for the 10 minute tactics. And I'm also going to tell you what the speakers were, like what their talks were. So you can just get an idea of what this actually looks like. So when I do 10 minute tactics in my retreats, I do three rounds and they are three rounds of 10 minutes. But in my schedule, the way that I run it is I put 12 minutes per round just because it takes like a minute to get everyone into the room and out of the room. And then I leave three minutes in between rounds. So technically that's like a five minute window gap, but that's just something I would share with your retreat planning, just to be really mindful of like transfer time in between rooms and things like that. So from 4.15 to 5.15, we did three rounds of 10 minute tactics and they had space to record their own tactic. So the first round was from 4.20 to 4.32. The second round was 4.35 to 4.47. And the fifth round was 4.50 to 5.02. So there were three rounds, but there were six speakers. So what I did was I created two breakout rooms and I labeled the rooms with the name of the talk. And then people could choose which talk they wanted to go to. So some people maybe would want to go to talk A, some people would want to go to talk B, but people could choose, which felt really fun. And what I do, I've never told them this, but I always go to the room that has less speakers just because I want to like fill it up, but also like make that person feel supported. Not that it's ever like, I've never seen it be like 90% of the people are in one room and 10% are in another, but I don't know. That's just like a thing I've always done is I always go to the smaller room just to kind of hype them up a little bit. Um, cause I get to watch these too. And I think they're so cool. And the reason why I love this is because again, I feel like it just reminds my clients that like you are an expert too, but also like we want to learn from you. Like we want to hear your best stuff. And so there were three rounds, two rooms per round, six speakers total. I have the speakers record their talk. And that way, even if let's say you went to the first room and you missed the second room, you can watch the replay later. And we have a huge library in the course hub of all previous 10 minute tactics for millionaire. So even let's say someone joins tomorrow they can see the talks from the July retreat. They can see the talks from the February retreat. They can see the talks from the November retreat. Like it's all there. And it just builds up this really cool library of strategies that people can take and run with. So I'm going to go ahead and share with you now the different talks we had happen. So we had how to create TikTok videos with ease to attract your ideal client. Um, my client who shared this one, she's been with me for about three years now. Um, she's received like huge, like $30,000 brand deals because of her TikTok. She, um, was a part of the TikTok creators fund. Like she just pumps out so many TikTok videos and she makes a lot of her money from there. The second talk we had was how to scale a low ticket program to consistent 20 K months without doing any sales or coaching calls. So the client who did this one, she has been with me for, I think maybe eight months now in the millionaire mastermind. And she lives overseas and she just has like a really relaxed beachy lifestyle. So she doesn't want to do sales calls, but she also doesn't want to do a ton of coaching calls. So she has a um, fitness coaching program. It's a lower ticket coaching program. It's not like thousands of dollars a month or anything, but she's been able to scale that to consistent 30 K months. Now she, she put 20 K months in the talk, but she's actually at 30 K months. And, um, yeah, she's just fantastic. And we've been able to scale that up and take that evergreen and she doesn't have to do any sales calls for it or any coaching calls at all. So that's what her talk was on. The next talk we had was podcasting part two, and it was part two because she did part one at the last retreat. 
And it was podcasting part two, how to structure episodes to secretly sell high ticket programs without being salesy. Now my client who did this one, um, she's just amazing. She's in my program. She just hit half a million downloads on her podcast. And what she did that I just loved and I'm that was so generous is she actually gave us her entire formula, like the PDF that had the formula that she uses. She just gave it to all of the other clients, which is something I really love about this millionaire program is that people really share their resources and their tools. It's not about, you know, competition, like let me keep my best secrets for myself. Like, no, it's like, let me share it. So she shared with us the exact formula. She gave us the Google doc to keep for later. And she just explained how you can kind of sell your programs in your podcast without doing any sort of ads or straight pitch. And, um, what I also, you know, really love about this client is when we started working together, she was doing high ticket sales calls, um, you know, sales calls for her high ticket program. And I helped her get rid of those completely. So now she sells it in the DMS. And now the podcast is such a great funnel to get people kind of into her DMS and she can then sell them there. So that was the third one. The fourth one was how to create a 90 day plan so that you can avoid shiny objects and get shit done. So the client who um, did this one, she started with me in, I think November. So this was her third retreat with me. Um, She has an operations business and she is just so detailed and organized. And she also shared a resource with us. So she shared with us her eight page plan of like how to map out her 90 day game plans. When we started working together, she had just started her business two months prior. She was also pregnant, has since had the baby and maybe like two months into working together, she had her first 50 K cash month. And that was just four months after she started her business. So she is really someone who knows how to get shit done and stay focused and how to game plan. She does that for herself and for her clients. So that was such a great talk as well. Um, and I remember, you know, when we came back into the main session, cause in between rounds, I always, We'll talk about the room that I was in. Like I was in this room. It was so great. I took this note. How was the other one? And she kind of laughed and joked. She's like, I think I've scared people. I'm like, what, what do you mean? And then she tells me about this resource that she gave everyone. So I pulled it up and it was, it was a little scary. It's literally like eight pages of super detailed how to create a 90 day plan, but also though, just like so, so helpful. So the fifth talk we had was how to have a 50 K launch using my unique sales page formula. And so this was done by a brand designer and she is also my designer and I've had 500 K launches multiple times with the sales pages she's made for me. But what she did was she pulled up a sales page she made for a client and she walked us through it and she explained the strategy of what to make sure you have on your sales pages, but also what to place where and a lot of design tips. So I really liked that because it was such a great layout of how to make that page So it really converts super well. I love having sales pages in my business because it sells for me. So that was such a great talk. And then the last talk was leveraging the power of reels for growth in sales, how I went from 1500 to 60,000 followers in less than six months. Um, So this client, um, she lives in Australia. She's in my rose gold pod. She's so awesome. Um, I think she has more than 60,000 followers now on Instagram. I'm going to look because I definitely believe it's more than that. Let's see. She has, nope, 60,000. Okay, but I'm telling you it's going to be like 600 in two months because she's just growing so quickly. Um, But what she does is she does a lot of reels and a lot of authoritative content. And I've kind of helped her 
take that big following that she's now create created and move that into course launches. So she um, relaunched a course recently and then also she launched a new course and that's going super well and she's, you know, having her biggest months ever. So those were the six talks that we had happened during the 10 minute tactics. Two would happen at a time people could choose which room they wanted to go to. Both the talks were recorded. And then after that, there was a 10 minute window for everyone to record their own talk. So if they weren't a speaker, I still want to hear their 10 minute tactic. So they had space to record their 10 minute tactic. My team and I then collect them and we upload them to the course hub. And then what we went ahead and did was a 15 minute sales break. So we kind of just started the day with 10 minute tactics, record your own tactic, and then take a 15 minute sales break. And at this point it was pretty fun because I had a client who said, you know, the day before she had sent out a DM or a proposal or whatever, and she had made a sale. And so this was when people were really, you know, starting to make sales. One of the clients, she made um, $12,000 sale during the retreat just from the sales breaks, which I think is also just good evidence that it doesn't need to take a long time to sell. It can be pretty quick. So we did a 15 minute sales break. And then when we came back, we did an hour and 20 minutes of six week sprint planning. So what I did with my clients is I had them look at the big vision, look at the projects that they selected that they wanted to, you know, kind of improve from the day prior. And they had to decide kind of over the six weeks, like what are the goals that I want to implement? And so the way I explained it to my clients is I want you to think about where your business is going to be in six months. What does it look like? How much are you making? And I want you to take that and make it happen in the next six weeks. So basically what would you need to do to make that possible? Because sometimes people feel like, well, I can make 50 K months in six months. And I'm like, okay, well, you know why in six months and they're like, well, then I'll have an OBM and then I'll post more consistently and then I'll do this and then I'll raise my rates. And it's like, okay, but like we could just do that now. Right? So basically just kind of shortening that timeline and really collapsing that. So what I did was I pulled up this giant table and basically Monday through Friday, week one, week two, week three, week four, week five, week six, what are you doing each of those days to move closer toward your goal? So I suggested having an income goal, a personal goal, and a project goal. So let's say the income goal is I want to make 100K. Project is I want to finish my funnel. Personal goals I want to work out every day. Cool. They needed to fill in each of those boxes with what they were going to do that day. And I told them, think about this as 15 to 60 minute tasks. You don't want it to be something super huge. So maybe let's say a client wanted to launch a new course during that time. Okay, go ahead and brain dump everything that you would ever need to do to launch that course. I would need to come up with the topic. I would need to come up with the outline. I would need to record the modules. I would need to make the workbook. I would need to make the sales page. I would need to come up with the content plan. I would need to write the sales emails. Okay, great take all of that stuff and then start to kind of categorize it into similar categories. So for example, planning, maybe week one, they do their planning, but be specific on Monday. I'm going to plan this on Tuesday. I'm going to plan that on Wednesday. I'm going to plan this. Maybe the second week is all about asset creation, create your emails, create your stories, create your whatever. And then it start mo to move into selling or whatever, but they got very, very specific on what is this six week sprint plan going to look like. I did it Monday through Friday because I didn't want them working on the weekends, but I also told them to do it in 15, 15 to 60 minute tasks. Like don't be thinking like, oh, I need to work eight hours today to make this happen. Like, no, make, keep it easy. Keep it doable. I feel like if you give clients really, really complicated sprint plans, they're just not going to execute on it. So it needs to feel super, super doable. But also the other thing is 
in their brain, I've now tied this to the big vision that they set. So, you know, if a client says, I want to make a million dollars and I want to buy a Range Rover and I want to do that, it's like, okay, great. This plan is going to help you get there. So really kind of tying together the work with the reward, I think is super key. So we did that planning and they were in breakout rooms with their pods to do that planning. And this was an hour and 20 minutes. So they had a lot of time to work on this. And again, I, you know, hopped in between all of the different rooms just to check on everyone, answer any questions that they had. When we finished, um, we then had a 15 minute sales break, last one of the retreat. And then when we came back at, um, for the last hour of the day, I wanted to kind of do some mindset work just to integrate everything that we've talked about, because just to recap, like it was a lot that they've done so far. They've done some intention setting. They've set a big vision. They've done a business assessment. They've talked about the energy of consistent cash, the strategy of consistent cash. They've listened to three rounds of 10 minute tactics at that point. They've done some sprint planning, like they've done a lot. So now it's like, okay, let's kind of pull all of this together and just feel really grounded, but also really excited and possible about what's to come. So the first thing that we did for the first half hours, I had them write a farewell letter to their former self. So basically thinking about the person that you were before you came into this retreat, maybe they were feeling stressed, maybe they were feeling anxious, maybe they were, you know, tolerating things that they shouldn't be like, you're going to write a farewell letter to that person because it's like Taylor Swift, like the old Taylor can't come to the phone now. She's dead. Like I told everyone, like, this is a free funeral for you, right? Like you get to write this farewell letter, you get to read it, you get to rip it up. And so they just gave these little eulogies basically to their former selves. And this exercise was so, so powerful. Um, I remember there was one person in particular who, when they shared their farewell letter, everyone was just like hooting and like hollering and cheering and just absolutely loved it because, you know, I think the beautiful thing about being in a mastermind and being in community is you get to know these people and you get to really see them and make friends and connect. And so I think sometimes, um, we can see for someone like how much they're capable of. Sometimes it's challenging for us to see that for ourselves, which is why we need other people around us to mirror that, but we can see when someone is capable of so, so much. So just to see them write that letter and then rip it up, I thought was just amazing. And I also, um, when I do these exercises, these more vulnerable mindset exercises with clients, I never record them. So I never record the last hour of my retreat, but I also tell people, cause sometimes I do a farewell letter. Sometimes I do a deepest fear inventory. I tell them like, you can just voice memo me privately your letter if you don't want to share it with the group. So some people didn't and you know, that's okay. Um, so we did that. And then for the last half hour, um, we did a, my wish for you exercise and a little champagne toast. So my wish for you is the way I don't even know how I came up with this. I hadn't seen it anywhere. I did this, I think for the first time in maybe 2020 in a retreat. And the way it basically works is you just share a wish with another person. And so each person has to be hit. Like you can't, um, like you don't necessarily send it back to the person who sent it to you. So like, let's say there's three people in a room. I send it to person A, they send it to person B, they send it to person C, they send it back to person A. So everyone's received a wish, everyone is sent a wish. And so what I did was I just pulled up a Google doc with everyone's names. And as someone received a wish, I just crossed their name off so people could visually see like, okay, who am I missing? And so everyone sent a wish and the last person gets to send the wish to whoever they want. Cause at that point everyone's received one so they can send it to someone. And this person was making me tear up cause they sent it to me, which I really 
um, really touched me um, because that's never happened before. So I thought that was really special. And so at that point, there was maybe like 15 minutes left in the retreat. So I had time to to send individual wishes to everybody um, because I don't do the exercise. It's for the clients to just kind of mirror to everyone else like what they wish for. So I then got to send wishes to everybody and, you know, they were very specific. So like I have one client who is about to go to France and like I shared, like my wish for you is just like more connection and community and girlfriends. And like, we love you and we're so happy you're here for, you know, other clients. You know, one of them is like getting into a new relationship. I was like, I hope he's a hottie. Like, I hope it's the best. I hope he's so cute and you guys are so happy. Um, I hope you raise your rates. Like, I hope you go for it. Like, I hope you know how special you are, how loved you are. So that's just like a really positive way I feel to end the retreat. And then we just do a little champagne toast. I had apple juice. I was very lame that day. I didn't have anything chilled. So I had to go for fancy apple juice. Some people had champagne, some people had coffee, water, kombucha, whatever. But that was just how we ended the retreat. So I really loved this one. I think the vibe going into it was just playing a bigger game. And, you know, planning, I think, is always a huge piece of it. So I always do some sprint planning. So we got a lot done and there was a lot jam packed into there. So it was four hours each day. And I don't have too much else to say on it. I hope that this was helpful and interesting and intriguing for you. I really enjoy my retreats. I love hosting them. I love the feedback that I get from them. Um, I would do these literally every week if I could, but then they just, I don't think would be as effective. I feel like you got to kind of save them for, for special magic. So that is all I have. If you are making six figures plus and you want to come to one of these, definitely go ahead and apply for my mastermind because we'd love to have you there. Um, and if you're not there yet, keep, keep listening, keep tuning in. We have so many, so many great podcast episodes that will support you in the journey to six and seven figures and just being the amazing wealthy woman that you are. Thank you so much. And I'll see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Sabrina Phillip podcast. We release new episodes each and every week. So make sure to hit subscribe and leave us a five-star review. If you're a woman entrepreneur and you want to work with me to scale your business to six, seven, or even eight figures, send me a message because I'm currently accepting new clients. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and I'll see you next week.